Welcome to IB Voices. My name is Sky. I'm seeking out unique stories from IB alumni all over the world. Today, I speak with Aaron Goh and Klaus Tan. Both are graduates of the Anglo-Chinese School Independent in Singapore. Aaron is currently a medical student at Lee Kuang Chien School of Medicine, and Klaus is completing national service in Singapore. We invited these two close friends to talk about the importance of friendship, interdisciplinary learning, and managing stress as a student. This is a special episode recorded several months ago, being released simultaneously with an update from Aaron and Klaus to discuss a project they began together in response to COVID-19. We hope you enjoy the discussion. So first off, thank you so much for joining us on IB Voices. We're really excited to talk to both of you. You've both contributed to the IB blog. Uh, you guys are both amazing people, and we just want to learn a little bit more about you, how you guys met, and where you are now. So, Aaron, maybe we'll, we'll give you the mic first to, to give us a self-introduction. Tell us about, you know, the, the past and present. Who is Aaron Go? <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here, Sky. Um, so, past Aaron Go was, um, I, I graduated from um, Anglo-Chinese School Independent. That was in 2015. Um, right now, I'm, I'm a fourth year medical student in, in a local university over here. I'm studying at Lee Kong Chien School of Medicine, and mm -hmm. I'm currently the founding president of the Ophthalmology Society. Um, on this side right now, I've got some other medical research and teaching duties, and um, I, I do try my, my best in whatever spare time I have uh, to come back and mentor uh, pre-meds and also mm -hmm. IB students from my own matter. So at first, I, I started out med school thinking, oh, you know, I really, really wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. But I think mm -hmm. as time went by, you know, um, other specialties kind of caught my fancy. You know, seeing the wide range of what medicine can offer and, and what mm -hmm. it can do for people, I think at this point of time, I, I would say I'm still more or less undifferentiated. And ophthalmology is perhaps, you know, one of the more, one of the ones I'm, more, I'm leaning closer towards at this point of time. Yeah. Yeah. Klaus, we'd love to hear from you just so we can kick off and get started. Yes, um, so I'm three years Aaron's junior, and we come from the Anglo-Chinese School Independent Institution in Singapore. It's an IB school that offers both secondary and post-secondary. So you get a wide range of uh, years covered all the way from maybe when you're 13 years old, right up to 18 years old. I started off as a photographer in the school. I've um, mm -hmm. been playing floorball also, and as Aaron mentioned, I was in the boys' brigade with him. It's a uniform organization that does... Uh, it's like a military uniform organization. So we, uh, we spent our Saturdays together down there and he was the senior taking me. That was the past me. Right now what I'm doing, I am taking a gap year before I enter university to do national service. It's compulsory in Singapore. I'm an mm. officer cadet with the Singapore Police Force and I do professional photography. Yes, so that's where my interest lies. Cool. So, so you're a photographer now. When did you first have that interest in photography and when did you feel like, hey, I, I could be a professional doing this? I was really bored when I was 13 years old. So what you do when you're bored is you steal your parents' cameras, take them to the streets, take some photographs and make them worry a bit. <laughs> then in 2014, I was thinking during school events, it's pretty boring, disengaging for me. Why not I take it mm -hmm. up one level and actually try to contribute to the school community in the aspect of photography? So I took up the camera, went to school events, started taking pictures, and it has been, uh, I've been growing in that area ever since 2014. 
So one of the questions I have uh, for both of you actually is we have a lot of students in the IB now who talk about course selection. Should I have taken this course or that course or SLHL? Um, you guys were both IB students. Did you end up taking the same courses, different courses? Do you think you influenced Klaus's decision-making as a younger student? <laughs> how, do you, how do you guys feel about that? Right. So um, again, we were from different batches, so we were never quite in the same class. Uh, we did take some common subjects, and I'd like to think that Klaus's decision to take a subject like business and management was in some part due to my terrible influence. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I so I, I ended up taking physics chem and uh, mathematics at higher level. Okay. Uh, my standard level subjects were business and management, uh, language and literature, and Chinese B. Yeah. Awesome. You guys have both been through the IB diploma, been through you know rigorous other academic courses later in life, particularly the the medical professions known you know for very very I'd say intense coursework, right? Um, what kind of advice would you each have for students who, you know, are, are looking to take on something very challenging like the IB diploma program or move into a medical profession or any other sort of higher education degree? Um, what would you tell them in terms of managing their time and, you know, limiting the amount of stress they go through when um, they're trying to take on something that's really, really challenging and powerful? Right. So, I mean, to address the elephant in the room, um, yes, you know, there definitely is pressure that is present and it is very real. I think at the end of the day, it really depends on the person and how they manage it. When you think about, you know, pressures, right, you can think about in two ways. Uh, there's external yeah. pressures that other people place on you and the internal pressure that you place upon yourself. It's the combination of these two that ultimately mm -hmm. results in, in you feeling stressed in the end. I mean, looking back to my own time in IBA, you know, a younger and more mm -hmm. immature version of myself um, placed so much pressure on myself to do well. Yeah. I feel like I ended up missing out on so much that could have made IBA a way more fulfilling time. So if I could give a younger self uh, some advice, it would be three things. Firstly, it's that you really don't have to prove anything uh, to anybody. You really just need to become the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah. Um, second thing I would say would be that I'd tell my younger self to prioritize progress over perfection. And, you know, often in, in our culture, in, in Asians, right, um, mm -hmm. I'm not being stereotypical here. I, yeah. I, I'm okay. just, yeah. But, but sometimes the pressure does come from unrealistic expectations that we place on ourselves. And yeah, yeah I've been there too. Um, sometimes I really do wish I'd focus less on striving and achieving and instead focusing on who I was becoming instead. Yeah, I think the third piece of advice, yeah. the final piece of advice I would say, you know, five years from now, um, how important your results will be to you then uh, mm -hmm. will be very different from how important your results are to you right now. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know results are important because they're your entry ticket to higher education. Or, right. um, but really, don't lose sight of the bigger picture. It's really just going to be another slip of paper in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, that's great. You wrote um, a really, really nice piece for our blog. Thank you very much. Oh, no. Uh, thank you so much. About, yeah, about mixing art and the sort of science part of, of medicine. Um, would you be willing to tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that and how you kind of, I guess to say, how, how did you come up with that idea as a topic and why is it important to you? Right. Um, in our school, we, we've got an interesting bit of the curriculum and it's a, it's a subject that we do in year one and two and it's called Medical mm -hmm. Humanities. Uh -huh. So I went for the, the first lesson in Medical Humanities and I was quite blown away. I realized that, you know, everything I had done in IBA had prepared me, you know, for that course to be able to appreciate some of the ideas, some of the things we are discussing there. So, you know, typically we discuss about, you know, poetry, 
you know, re- really get down to the emotions of what people were feeling. I think the whole point of that course was to help us to remember and realize that um, you know, medicine beyond being a science is very much an art and you mm-hmm. don't just engage your left brain uh, when you're working on it. You, know, you have to engage your right as well. The right side of the brain that deals with creativity and emotion yeah, so that was what formed the inspiration for that piece. And yeah. I, I was looking back on my own journey through my, my short stint in medical school mm-hmm. thus far and asking myself, you know, how have I seen the humanities being infused with the curriculum that I am, I am presently studying? Klaus, one of the things, you know, I, th- I think, you know, you guys are almost, in, in a way, in a kind of a mentorship role with each other. Klaus, mm-hmm. do, you, do you think, did mentorship play an important part of your life or does it still play an important part of your life? Yes, um, it's been from the start. So um, having been into this uh, world of IV, like almost pretty much on my own, I'm, I'm the mm-hmm. first person in my family to take this IV program. And before that, my parents didn't wow. know that IV existed. It's yeah. very helpful to have someone who has been through the program, and knows, uh, someone who knows the rigors of the program to take you through personally, through this whole journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been able to successfully complete the program thanks to him. He gives lots of tips on how to tackle the IAs, TOKs, EEs, all these uh, very niche things that are yeah. specific to the IB that no one else that I knew could help. Yeah, he, he's, he's been a very good guide in this and I do recommend people who are attempting the IB to connect with someone who is uh, yeah. at least two to three years older than them so they are able to take this journey together. For myself, I've, I'm currently overseeing about for people take their yeah. through the IV, like we pass down this senior junior mentorship right. thing. And it's been very fulfilling, like being able to help them with their math questions, right. okay questions. It really brews more meaning into existence rather than just having completed the IV program and leaving uh, leaving right. it as the status quo. Instead we can use this knowledge to like help other people who are attempting the same thing. Well I think if I can be honest, I think uh-huh. our mentorship program is generally quite informal. Would yeah. you, would you, Klaus, would you agree with that? Yeah, so it's something yeah. more imbued into the school culture that yeah. you look out uh-huh. for someone that is within your school. So it doesn't matter whether they're older or younger, as long yeah. as they have that accent identity, you, you don't mind really helping them in anything. Yeah, cool. yeah. I'm starting to see that even as I, as I start work as well. You know, I have uh, juniors, I've got mm-hmm. seniors who are all alumni from, from our school and um, it's always nice when we see each other on the wards as well. And I've had really, really kind seniors. Um, you know, they, they've seen me, you know, a handful of times in back, back in our alma mater, but they recognize huh. me. And then they're like, oh, hey, you know, um, I just saw this interesting medical case. Would you like me to take you through it? And, right. and yeah, so, I mean, the, the culture really exists beyond the walls of, <laughs> of, our, of our IB school. And that's something I'm really thankful for. Oh, cool. I think if we could link that to the earlier question you had about mm-hmm. like pressure for students to be high achievers, to a certain yeah. extent, yes, there is a pressure because um, in this institution you are going to be comparing against your friends, and when your friends do better, it's it's always on the heart that you should be at least on par with them, or not supersede them. But mm-hmm. I think on the more um, practical aspect, like the the one that really impacts us, it doesn't demoralize us as much. Uh, because um, very much like the Olympics, we see a clustering of like the brightest-minded individuals together. And we spur each other on in the sense that we break records that none of us would have been, none of us would have thought was possible just doing it on our own. So for example, like you see your friend 
surpassing, maybe getting this achievement, this view. Mm. And then you think to yourself, hey, that's possible for him. Why not I take it one step further and try to surpass them? Yeah, so this clustering really helps us have a synergy of people who are genuinely excited about possibilities of life and right. go all out to achieve them. So we help each other in that aspect. Right. It's kind of, it's a culture that, that can feed on itself both positively and negatively, right? To, to produce high achievers, um, but can create yeah. some stress. Complete, completely agree with that. Yeah. It does take some time to get used to in that sense. I, I do believe, you know, regardless of which IB school you go to, um, you are going to be in the presence of incredible people nonetheless. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that they are, they are doing the IB program would imply that they, they are all generally functioning at quite a high level already. But cool. it's really, um, there's something I've learned. It's about collaboration, not competition. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, you know, we feel that in, in today, you know, although we're more connected than ever, we're also more isolated than ever sometimes. Um, right. But we really need to take steps out and be able to, to just try and connect with other people, focus on, on what unites us rather than what divides us. Uh, there's one question I asked that I think really helps ground these um, discussions. And that is, what's next for you guys? What are you guys looking forward to in the week ahead? And what's, what's on your plate? What, what kind of gigs do you have lined up? And what are you most excited about? Right, so um, in the week ahead, I'll be starting a new clinical posting. Um, so we'll be focusing on geriatric medicine. So it's uh, the study and, and how you interact uh, with the elderly. Something that's particularly important in our society, in our country, um, because we are experiencing a shifting and changing demographic. The tendency is for more, more of the population to cluster towards the, the higher end of the age ranges. And, and, you know, handling the elderly is very, very different from handling a healthy adult. Um, there are a lot more considerations, complications that you need to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm really, really looking forward to, to growing through all of that. A few weeks from now, I am actually flying to London. Oh, cool. um, yeah, so I'll be participating in this, uh, in this competition. It's called the Elsevier Clinical Key Global Challenge. So it started off as a thousand medical students from around the world doing a few series of online quizzes. Um, it was written down to 366 yeah. and um, we some, had to submit the video. And from, from that final pool, um, they selected 12 medical students from around the world and we'll all be flying to London on an all-expenses-paid trip uh, wow. yeah, to compete in a clinical escape room and, and some other clinical theme workshops and, and leadership challenges. They kind of uh, help us uh, grow and develop as, as clinicians and leaders. That is a really cool um, idea. I, I'm going to have to connect with you later about how that experience was. It sounds really fun. Sure, um, yeah. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. I will say if they put me in a clinical escape room, I'm pretty sure the patient would not make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Klaus, maybe changing this a little bit because I'm, I'm actually really curious. So um, Aaron's on his way to London. You're a photographer. You've done a lot of um, cityscapes and architectural photography. What is your number one bucket list location that you would love to do a photo shoot at? I've been looking at two locations, actually. First would be uh-huh. Monaco. It's a very Monaco. small city-state um, that is uh, home to the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, that place is beautiful. It's got um, it's at the intersection of two, different, two large uh, European cultures. So um, the buildings there are superb. We've got buildings that are all the way from the 1500s, 1600s. And they are, the, the style of architecture is simply ornate and yeah. Instagram-worthy. Yeah. Next location I'm looking at, um, actually crossing through Russia with the Trans-Siberian mm-hmm. Railway, that would be something I really want to do. 
Oh, yeah. uh, being able to finish the whole train trip and seeing the sides of like mountains, plateaus, yeah, that would be my kind of thing. But I think I have to wait for a few years more to finish mm-hmm. up my studies before entertaining these ideas. Yeah, the big, the big cross country train trip with the yeah photojournalism. Yes, yes, it would be a, it would be definitely a story to share. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, head to our next episode for an update from Aaron and Klaus. And read more stories about IB graduates on blogs.ibo.org. So we set up this little game for you guys. I know you know it's coming. We asked you both some questions and to see, just to quiz you guys on how well you knew each other. Um, <laughs> can you guys, if you were to go to a coffee shop and order coffee, what type of coffee would you get? Uh, and I guess we'll jump over to you, Klaus. What type of coffee would Aaron order? I have no idea, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> our, our meetings over food are typically scripted. It's not like we meet up and we, we go decide what food to go. Klaus, you are forgiven. Uh, because I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't usually order coffee. Um, or I'm trying to, to save it up for my junior years uh, as a doctor when I actually need it to start working on me. <laughs> Aaron, what, what do you think? What do you think Klaus would order if you guys went to a coffee shop or restaurant? I think, <laughs> wait, hang on, I got this. I gave this. you a really I, big hint. I, yeah. I, I got this. Coffee, you said coffee shop or restaurant, is it? Yeah, I mean, either one, yeah. Okay, so um, initial thoughts, right? He doesn't order coffee, he prefers tea. Oh, that's okay, that's right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I got that right? Great, okay. Um, well, that's it. Um, this has really been a pleasure, and thank you so much for letting us... Um, throw some strange questions at you. It's been fantastic, so thank you so much.